Well, we're in week two of a series called Be My Valentine, and today I've titled the talk, Fighting Fair, Fighting Fair. I want to begin with a story about my wife and I. It was our biggest fight ever. We've had several arguments, of course, throughout marriage, but it was our, our biggest, we consider our biggest fight ever, and of course, I always get my wife's permission before I share our information from the stage, but it was, it was about 12 years ago. I was 23. My wife was 21. We had been married a little over a year at the time. It was during Christmas time, and we were at my wife's family's place in, in, in Minnesota visiting her family for the Christmas holiday, and um, we were playing cards. And we were playing cards to get some of the other family members. I think Tiffany and I were on opposite teams, and we were talking trash. And Tiffany was talking more trash than I was talking. And so I got, I got mad. I got upset because I thought uh, Tiffany was being rude to me. I thought she said things that were, that were disrespectful to me, and she didn't mean it that way at all. She was just joking, cutting up with her family, and I was just upset and mad. And so we got back to the room later that night, and... Uh, I began to talk to Tiffany about how I was hurt and how I hurt my feelings and how I was, I was upset. I felt like she disrespected me. And then I said these words. It was the first and the last time I ever said these words. And I said to my wife, is this it? Are we over? Yeah, yeah, like the marriage. Is it over now because of the card game? How many know that was stupid? You just look at me and say, you, yeah, that was stupid. You're 23 and you're stupid for saying that. Yeah, I know. But I'm going to tell you what, it didn't, it didn't go over well. It began to be emotion. There began to be lots of tears. And then, men, how many of you have ever had this happen to you? I reached over to comfort my wife because I knew I had made a mistake, a big one. And how many of you got this one before? Don't you touch me. I mean, I mean, it is on now. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you might get that for another month or two. Don't you touch me. You know what I'm saying? Don't you? And I knew I made a mistake. I was not fighting Fair. And many of you can relate to what I'm saying because in your home, when, when there's an argument, there is all out war. Matter of fact, what I just told you is calm compared to some of the drama you got in your house. You know what I'm saying? I mean, when there's a war, when there's a fight, there's a war. I mean, you got to go into hiding because, man, you guys are dropping verbal missiles and, and grenades, machine guns, pulling out knives, running around the house. Craziness is going on. And what I want to do today is I want to talk to you biblically about how to fight fair. And listen, this message will impact all of your relationships. It'll impact your marriage. But if you apply this, it'll impact your relationship with the kids, the kids to parents. It'll impact your workplace relationships. It'll impact every arena of your life, your friendships. This message on how to fight fair, you can apply it to any arena of your relationship life. Here's what I want to do. Give you point one, number one, on how to fight fair. Point one, follow me along in your bulletin notes and fill in the blanks, is communicate about the problem. Communicate about the problem. I want to give you two insights on this point, two insights. The first insight is this. You have to communicate honestly. Everybody shout honestly. Yeah, communicate honestly about the problem. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 25 and 26, it says, therefore, each of you must put off falsehood. In other words, take off the mask. Take to get, get, put down the front and the games. Quit being fake. Stop telling lies. Put on falsehood and do what? And speak truthfully, speak honestly to his neighbor. 
for we are all members of one body. And notice this, and notice this. In your anger, do not sin. And there are many people who don't communicate honestly about problems. As many of you know what I'm talking about because some of you are that kind of person. You internalize everything. You, you, you try to keep it to yourself. People like this, they bottle it all up on the inside. And, and then all of a sudden, a year later, two years, they explode because they're bottling all of it up on the inside. And you know what they try to do? People like this, they try to pretend like everything is okay. I'm fine. There's nothing wrong. I'm not mad. I'm not angry. It's okay. No, no, you're angry. <laughs> you're, you're upset. You're, you're mad. And friends, it's a normal human emotion to get angry. Matter of fact, God, if you study the scriptures, God got angry at times. It's a normal human emotion. But the key is to be angry and sin not. There's a right way to be angry and there's a wrong way to handle anger. And one of the wrong ways to handle anger is to pretend like everything is okay. And some of you in this place, your marriage is struggling. There are problems. There are issues. There is pain. There is tension. There are some deep things, and yet you never talk about it. And friends, the first step to resolving a problem is to admit, first of all, that you have one. And the Bible says this. The Bible says, put off falsehood. Quit playing the game. Quit putting up the mask on the front. Put off falsehood and speak truthfully. Be honest with your spouse because you're not fighting fair if you never communicate honestly about the problem. There's a second insight that that I want to share with you about communicating the problem. The second one is this. Just jot this down in in your notes. Communicate about the problem quickly. Everybody shout quickly. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Quickly. Ephesians 4 and verse 26 and 27 says this. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Why not, Herbert? Why, why should I not let the sun go down while I'm still angry? Verse 27, do not give the devil a foothold. You give the devil a foothold when you don't deal with the problem quickly. You see, the Bible teaches that when we get angry, we shouldn't procrastinate. We shouldn't put it off. It's a normal human emotion, but we should not put it off. You see, to fight fair, we have to deal with anger quickly. You see, the Bible says to resolve each day's anger by the end of of the day. And can I tell you, so many marriages, so many marriages would be revolutionized if they would just practice this one truth. And I'm grateful my wife and I have practiced this, even when we had our big argument and I said those words I should have never said 12 years ago, we talked it through that night. We, we, we sat there and we stayed up another 30, 45 minutes, an hour, and we talked and we talked to resolve the issue. Because here's the deal, here's the deal. When you're angry and you don't deal with it quickly, can I tell you what happens? It just gets bigger and bigger. And you find yourself always thinking about it and meditating on it and worrying about it. And it's just getting bigger and bigger and it grows and it grows and it ends up turning into into resentment. And it ends up turning into bitterness. And can I tell you, there's just one letter difference between the word anger and danger. And can I tell you what? When you don't deal with your anger, 
And you just try to cover it up because that's what people try to do. I'm just going to cover it up. I'm just going to pretend like it's okay. I'm going to pretend like I'm not mad. I'm going to pretend like we don't really have an issue. And you try to cover it up. But can I tell you, your anger is a lot like weeds. You see, you try to cover weeds up with mulch. Can I tell you what it does? It just grows right out of the mulch. You try to cover weeds up with soil or dirt. In, in a week or two, those weeds will find their way right out the soil and begin to grow again. Can I tell you what, friends, when you don't deal with anger and it's unresolved in your heart, it just gets bigger and bigger. It turns into danger and you give the enemy a foothold. It's dangerous to have unresolved anger because it affects you spiritually. It affects your relationship with God. It's dangerous. It affects you physically. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You're sick over anger and bitterness and resentment. It affects you mentally. It affects you emotionally. It affects you relationally. It affects your marriage when you don't deal with the unresolved anger in your life. And so the Bible teaches us, listen, deal with it, communicate about the problem honestly, and communicate about the problem quickly. There's a second truth that I want to show you today about fighting fair. Number two is this, control your anger. Control your anger. Listen to what the scripture teaches in Proverbs 29 and verse 11. It says, a fool gives full vent to his anger. Just look at your neighbor and just smile at him and say, are you a fool? Yeah, just go, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah, are you a fool? Yeah, some of you, you didn't say it, but you looked at your spouse and you, you know you're a fool. You know how you act. You are a fool. Now, I'm not making it up. Don't get mad at me. That's what your Bible says. A fool gives full vent to his anger. But a wise man, a wise woman, keeps himself under, under control. Friends, it's not a sin to be angry. But, but here's the deal. Many people do sin when they're angry because they've never learned how to control their anger. And the Bible gives us solutions on how to control our anger. That's why I love God's word. Man, you gotta read the Bible because it gives us solutions to our daily problems that we have in life. And the Bible teaches us how to control our anger. Here's what I wanna do. I wanna give you four T's. Four T's from the Bible on how to control your anger so that it does not turn into danger. Number one is this. Here's, here's the first T. Timing, timing is so key to controlling your anger. The Bible says this in James chapter 1, verse 19 through 20. It says, my dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen. Timing's key. Quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Here's how you control anger. The Bible says, first of all, be quick to listen. Take time and listen to the other person's point of view. Listen and try to understand where the other person is coming from. Don't, don't, don't talk first. First, here's how you control anger. You take a moment, you take two, you take five, you take 10, and you listen to the other person's point of view. And then second of all, the Bible says this. First, you're quick to listen, and then you're slow to speak. And how many of you are like your pastor? You like to talk. You know, that's, that's how I am. I want to get my point of view across, and I want to do it quickly. Here's what I think. 
Here's the issue, and I, you know, but that, that's how, listen, that's not how you control anger. You control anger by being quick to listen, slow to speak. In other words, you think before you talk. You get your mind in gear before you get your mouth in gear. If you'll be quick to listen and you'll be slow to speak, number three will happen automatically. You'll be slow to become angry. Your anger will take care of itself if you will learn the proper timing. Understand, listen, slow to speak. Get your mind in gear before you get your mouth in gear. The Bible says this in Proverbs 14, verse 29, talking about timing, 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 so key in controlling our anger. It says a patient man has understanding, a patient man, that they're patient, they're quick to listen, they're slow to speak, but the Bible says, but a quick-tempered man displays folly. They're quick-tempered. They, they don't listen. They, 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 they don't, they, they don't, they're not slow to speech. They just fly off the handle. The Bible says this about timing in Proverbs 25 and verse 11. Like apples of gold in settings of silver is a word spoken. Check this out. Spoken in right circumstances. Quick to listen. Slow to speak. And that's key to controlling your anger. There's a second T that I want you to see. First of all, timing, timing, timing. Number two is this tone. Tone. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 15 and verse number one, a gentle answer turns away wrath. But a harsh word stirs up anger. And friends, can I tell you that you're not fighting fair if you say the right thing in the wrong way. And it's possible to actually say the right thing in the wrong way. For instance, I could tell somebody, tell my wife, baby, I love you. Or I could say, I love you. Now, one of them is the right tone. But I said the right thing, but one's the right tone, run is the wrong tone. Can I tell you, tone matters. A gentle answer turns away wrath. A harsh word, and you can say the right thing in the wrong way, it just stirs up anger. It just makes things worse. Let me take tone to an even deeper level. Because not only tone matters, but body language matters. Because you can say the right thing in the wrong way with the wrong body language, or you can say the right thing with the right tone with the wrong body language. You know I care. Oh, I I heard you said you care. (laughs) But your body language is saying something else. And so you have to understand, tone matters. Body language matters. Timing, if you want to control your anger, timing matters. Tone, you got to remember, tone matters. Matters a gentle answer turns away wrath. There's a there's a, a third a third T that I want you to see about controlling anger. The third T is technique, technique, and the Bible gives us some techniques about how we should speak and talk to control our anger. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter four and verse twenty nine, "Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths." Can I tell you? Every time I read that scripture, I get convicted. I'm not there yet. I haven't arrived. Lord, help me to to put this scripture into practice every time in every arena of my life when I speak because I'm not there yet. 
It goes on to say, but only what is helpful for building you up. Now, that's not what it says. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> but it doesn't say that. It says, it says, here's the technique. Here's the technique. You speak only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who Listen, that's the proper technique is, first of all, no unwholesome word comes out of your mouth. And second of all, part of the technique is you only speak what's building others up according to their needs. Let me tell you some things not to do, some proper, some improper techniques to use when you're fighting. The first one is this. Don't attack your mate. Don't attack your mate. Attack the issue, not the person. And isn't it true oftentimes when people argue and fight, they attack one another instead of dealing with the real issue at hand. And you have to learn to communicate without attacking. Here's a technique that I use because I want to build up my wife. I don't want to destroy her with my words. And here's something that I've learned throughout the years is to use words like I feel. So instead of saying, here's what you did. Here's what I, I feel. This made me feel this way. I'm not, I'm not trying to attack you. But when you said that, I felt like when you did this, I felt like this and begin the conversation that way. And it helps the defenses go down. You're not attacking them. You're just talking about the issue at hand. That, that's so key is, is not attacking the person, attack, attack the issue. The, the, there's a second technique that I would encourage you not to use. And that is this. Don't fight in front of the kids. Don't fight in front of the kids. The, the, the end of that verse I read to you in verse 29, it says that it may benefit those who listen. And can I tell you, most of the arguments between adults, kids don't need to be a part of your marriage arguments. There, there might be a small thing. There might be something that you want to teach your kids or how to work through something that, 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 that you could talk about as a family. But listen, arguing and fighting in front of the kids does not build your kids up. You need to go behind closed doors. And work through your issues together. Because the Bible says we only want to say words that build up those who listen. There's a, a, third, a third technique that you should not use. And that is this. Don't say never and always. Don't do that. I mean, that, that, those are just fighting words. No, don't, don't say that. You never do that. You're always late. You always do that. Don't, don't, no, now, now you're attacking the person. Don't, don't, don't use those words. That's not helpful. That's not beneficial. It just stirs up the pot. It just gets something going. You don't want to use those words because it's not helpful. It's not building up your spouse when you use the word never and always. Here's, here's a, a, a fourth technique that you should not use, and that is this. Don't call names. Don't call names. You're just like your daddy. I don't even know why I married you. You're worthless. Don't say, come on now. Don't say that. You can't cook or clean just like your mama. I mean, you do it. You are like your mama. Don't come on. Don't say that. Just ignorant. I don't know why I married you anyway. I can find somebody else better tomorrow. I don't even know why I'm with you. Come on now. Don't say that. That's not helpful. That's not wholesome. That's not building your spouse up according to their needs. No, don't call names. Don't call names. The, the, the number five is this, uh, a fifth technique that you do not want to use is this. Don't threaten your spouse with divorce, sex, or money. Don't do that. That's not helpful. I mean, I made that mistake 12 years ago. Just one time was enough for me. 
I mean, is it over now? No, don't say that. Your spouse needs to know that you're committed to them. Don't, don't throw around the divorce word, the D word. Don't, don't do that. That's not helpful. That's not benefit. That's throwing around your power. That's throwing around, wait, well, it's over if you don't. Well, I'm going to leave. Well, you pack your bags and get out of here. No, come on now. That's not helping. That's not fighting fair. That's low blows. It's not fighting fair. Don't, don't throw around sex and threaten with sex. Well, you're not going to get none now. Come, come on now. I mean, come on. How is that helping the marriage? Come, don't, don't do that. I know some of you men want to laugh, but you can't. I know, I know, I know where you are. But inside right now, you go, oh, preach, pastor. I love my pastor. I love my pastor. And I'm just trying to be real. That's just not how you fight. You don't threaten one another. You, you, don't, you, don't, you don't do that. Don't threaten each other. Don't, don't threaten with money. Well, now, now if you're going to do all that, we're not buying a new furniture like we talked about. No, come on. Well, we're not going on vacation now because, no, come, don't, don't throw around power. Don't try to throw around your weight. That's not fighting fair. That's not building your spouse up according to their needs. There's a, a, a sixth technique that you should not use, and that is this. Don't scream at each other. Don't scream at each other. That's not helpful. That's not building up your spouse. That's anger out of control. And some of you need to say, Lord, help me. Because maybe you're like me, and I grew up in an environment where, where screaming was, was pretty common and uh, how there was talking, communication with screaming. But can I tell you, you can't overcome that. The Lord helped me to overcome that. I don't scream at my wife. We don't yell at each other. We, we, don't, we don't do that in our home. Quick to listen. Slow to speak. Remember, a gentle answer turns away wrath. Some of you today, you need to start praying the prayer, Lord, help me. Help. I've modeled this for too long. I've done this for too long. I grew up in an environment where this was acceptable and the mom and dad argued and screamed at each other. It does not help the situation. It does not solve problems. Don't scream at each other. It is not building up your spouse according to their needs. Number seven is this. There's a seven technique that you should not use. And number seven is this. Don't get physical. Men, I don't mean this in a derogatory way, but I think a man is a bum if he would lay his hand on a woman and hit a woman. It's never right. It's never okay. It's never justifiable. It's not, you should never hit, slap, push your spouse. Don't, don't, don't go there. Listen, if you need help, you struggle with that, you grew up in an environment like that, let us help you. Let us help you get some counseling. That's not a proper way to treat a lady. Don't do that. And ladies, I'm talking to you as well because I mean, that's right, Pastor. But don't hit him. Come on now. Don't push him and antagonize. That's why he wants to hit you over there pushing on him. That's what I said. No, don't come on now. Come on. Come on. Don't, don't do that. Don't stir it up. That's not right. That's not helpful. That's not wholesome. That's not building up your spouse according to their needs. Technique matters. And, and n- number, number eight, number eight. And now this is, everybody needs to write this down. This is the most important piece of advice I could give you about technique on what not to do. This is so key. Number eight is this. Don't use the pastor's name. That's right. Keep me out your business. Now, I don't want to be in your home. Pastor Herbert said, no, don't bring me up in your bedroom like that. No. He barely coming to church now. Now look at you. Now he's mad at me. I'm just trying to help you. Don't be so, Pastor Herbert, you heard what he said. No. 
Don't go there. Don't go there. I got enough problems with y'all. Amen. Don't create, don't create no more. I might need to say that again so it can really sink in. I mean, don't use the pastor's name. Amen. Use God. Use the Bible, but keep me out your home. Amen. Timing. Tone. Technique. Number four, trouble. 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 You want to control your anger? Remember, remember the trouble not controlling your anger causes. It always leads to danger. It always leads to danger. Every time. You got to control your anger or it turns into danger. And it always, every time, causes you problems. The Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 22. It says, an angry man stirs up dissension. When a man or woman's angry and they don't deal with it, they fly off the handle, they don't control it, it stirs up dissension. It causes problems. And a hot-tempered one commits many sins. When you're a hot-tempered and flying off the handle and just talking and running your mouth because you're angry, it just commits many sins. It's dangerous to have uncontrolled anger because sin will follow. Mark chapter 3 and verse 24 through 25 says, A kingdom divided against itself will collapse. A home filled with strife, notice this, with strife and division destroys itself. If you want to destroy your home, just scream at each other all the time and cuss each other out and call each other's names and talk down and degrading to one another and push each other, and threaten each other with divorce, and sex, and money. Just, just, just do all of that. And I can tell you what that formula where it will end up at. Destroying your marriage, and your home, because a home, a kingdom divided against itself, will collapse. Timing, tone, technique, trouble. Number three is this. There's a, there's a third point that I want to share with you about fighting fair. Number three is this, continually forgive your spouse. Continually forgive your spouse. Let, let's break this down together with God's word. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 13 through 14, it says, bear, that's key, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, virtues, Put on love. Everybody shout put. Yeah, I want you to catch that. Put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Three nuggets, three nuggets. The first one is this. Bear with your spouse. Bear with your spouse. Come on, look at your spouse right now and say, I- I'm going to put up with you. Just go ahead and tell them, yes, right? Yeah, in a positive way, yeah, I'm going I'm to put up with you. Because here's, here's what you have to understand. Your spouse is not perfect. They will make mistakes. They don't have it all together. They will mess up. And the Bible says put up with your spouse. Don't nitpick your spouse. Bear with your spouse. Can I tell you, nitpicking never helps a marriage. Matter of fact, here's what the Bible says. Listen to this. It says Matthew chapter 7, verse number 3. Jesus said, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your wife's eye? That's right. I put wife in there. It's my message. I'll preach it like I want to. Amen. Yeah. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your husband's eye and pay no attention to the big honking stinking plank in your own eye? Why are you nitpicking them like you have it all together? 
Friends, can I tell you what I've learned over, over 13 years of marriage? Is there are some things that aren't worth fighting about. You got to learn to bear with each other. Quit nitpicking each other. Matter of fact, every year, my wife will tell you this, every year around Christmas time, right before we, get to, before we leave to go visit family, my wife and I get in an argument. It's just one of the most stressful times of the year. It's one of the most joyous times of the year. But it's stressful when you're buying gifts and there's parties and, and kids' activities. I mean, it just seems like it, whatever, for every December, it's just so busy for us. And by the end of it all, when we're getting ready to load the car up and go visit family, we get in an argument. And can I tell you, the Lord has helped us. This Christmas, I'm so proud of us and proud of me. We were getting the car ready. There was tension like always, trying to get things finalized before we leave to go visit family. And we didn't argue. I got in the car and I told my wife, ooh, baby. And usually we argue because of me. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? And I, baby, we didn't, we didn't argue. Thank you, Lord. Because you know what I've learned? Some things are just not worth fighting over. Really? Loading the car up over the card game? Really? That's what you want to fight about? Really? Bear with your spouse. The second nugget is this. Continually forgive your spouse. Forgive each other. Hear me. I want you to hear me because I want to I wanna minister this to your heart right now. Some of you need to let it go. Drop it. It happened. It's over. You can't do anything about it. Forgive. Move on. The Bible says forgive just as the Lord forgave you. I'm talking to some people right now because your marriage is suffering because you won't let it go. Because you won't forgive. Drop it. Forgive. Let it go. Some of you today, when you get in the car, get home, you need to look at your spouse and say these two powerful words. I'm sorry. Number three is this. There's a, a third nugget I want to share with you on this point is, and that's constantly put on love. Put on love. The Bible says, that verse I read to you, put on love, which binds them all together. And some of you, because the Bible says, put, put on love. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Some of you need to take off hate and put on love. Take off the bitterness and put on love. Take off the resentment that you've been harboring for months and years and put on, put on love. Can I tell you, for some of you, when you get in the car, here's what you need to say. Honey, I love you. Can I tell you, it's hard to be mad and say I love you at the same time. It's hard to hold on to bitterness and say I love you at the same time. But honey... In spite of everything else that's, that's happened, I'm putting on love, which binds it all together in unity. You got to love each other. You got to love each other. You got to forgive each other. And friends, that's how you fight.